For more than 25 years, Deanna Batdorf has been disrupting the status quo of health. She is a passionate Ayurvedic practitioner, my body educator, and lymphatic specialist whose mission is to empower you to take control of your own wellness. Welcome to My Body with Deanna Batdorf, an Ask Me Anything podcast where Deanna gives you answers to your most pressing health and wellness questions. Along the way, Deanna will interview those who inspire her work as a holistic wellness practitioner, from birth workers to herbalists, yogis to MDs. You'll learn how to bring your body to a state of balance in this wild dance of life. Submit your questions on our website, dianaessentials.com. Look for the form at the bottom of the front page. No question is TMI for Deanna to answer. Good morning. This is Andrea coming to you from the Deanna Center channel. And we've got Deanna Batdorf here and a special guest, one of Deanna's treasured students and uh, an amazing practitioner in her own right, Simone. Welcome, ladies. How are you? Doing really good. Thank you, dear heart. Good morning. I'm feeling excellent. Got a little sweet kitten here to cuddle with, so no complaints. <laughs> For all of you viewers who don't know Simone Oliver, well, let me just say this. Empowered Ayurveda uh, is really what she has coined and what she presents and what she provides to the world as a practitioner. And she has amazing hands. I know them very well on my body. <laughs> she takes care of me. And uh, I take care of her. Thank you. Always. And it allows us to take care of the world together. It's so good to be able to carry this work and to offer this. And I've been studying with my, my dear mentor and teacher for over seven years. I've taken every one of her classes. I'm signed up for the birth alchemy. I have two sisters that I'm taking it with. So we're excited to study together and learn together. As a person who's not a mother, I have always shied away a little bit from this um, scope and expertise, and it's finally time for me to step forward and be able to support our community in a broader way. So I'm really excited because I know that there's a lot that's going to be coming in, and I don't know if you've noticed, Dee, but there are a lot of pregnant women in my world all of a sudden. All that time at home with COVID has uh, been an awful lot in your future. All right. Uh, So the first question I have comes to you from Melissa. Melissa says that she had an esophageo-gastro-duendoscopy recently for her persistent digestive issues and GERD. She said she could sense something was off. She's tried many alternative modalities over the years. In March, she was diagnosed with a three-centimeter hiatal hernia. Are there any Ayurvedic visceral manipulation or abdominal massages that can heal it? Or is surgery the only viable option? Okay. So there's a couple layers in this question. And I would say this is a question that affects a lot of people, which is having an imbalance of the immune mucosa, the mucin lining where our flora and our probiotics live. And that gets eaten up. That can be by a bacteria. That can be by acidic food. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, that can be something going on in the dental. Hint, hint. That could be really something like a cavity slow dripping, which is a different type of infection uh -huh. that gets down into your gut and eats away at that lining. So I could just be like probiotics, you know, but we know we need probiotics. The idea with GERD would be there is definitely a lacking of Boulardi, which is a very specific prebiotic, like it's a very specific building block. And I would look for omega spore. If I was looking for a probiotic, I do like microbiome labs, megaspore, but you want to get some Bilardi very specifically and you can find that because it's a building block for the stomach, the esophagus, but I got to go back to dental. Yeah. Like always. just anytime I have a situation with someone that is a burning and fire rising, you know, that's how this happens. And then let's remember fire destroys tissue. The more dry, the more the fire flares and that fire rises and it's burning from the stomach and right where this esophagus meets the stomach is this little O-ring muscle, little sphincter muscle, and that's called the hiatus. So that's where we get hiatal hernia. And it means that that band of muscle, basically it just ensures that your food doesn't go boom, <laughs> you know? So it kind of like slow moves it through and it slowly breaks up particulates so that it's more digestible to your stomach. But what happens with that little sphincter muscle is it swells. And so there's already this inflammatory eating away at your immunity and basically your water then it swells that hiatus. And what happens with that is instead of it swelling and kind of going like this and making a big opening, it swells and it thickens and it makes a tiny little pinhole, which is why people also get a lot of like food stuck and, and can really, really uh, choke on their food very easily. Unfortunately, I grew up with a father who had this and sometimes it would happen. And there's a couple times that's a Mexican restaurant story. If anybody knows me, <laughs> I have Mexican restaurant stories. One of those is definitely my dad choking to death and turning blue and somebody knew how to do Heimlich maneuver and saved his life right in front of us wow. because of a hiatal hernia. So it's a swelling. So I know a lot about this. <laughs> my dad's is gone, by the way, completely healed. And that's what we'll get to here. But it's important to know this because people have hiatal hernias and they don't even know what it is. Yeah. You know, got to know what it is if you're going to help change your body. Mm -hmm. So you're thinking about cooling that down. Aloe vera, hands down. I cannot tell you enough about it. Chewing on mint leaves, great too. Those are two go-tos for me that, you know, you could be on regularly daily. Half a cup every morning, every night, 10 mint leaves a day, half a cup of aloe vera juice, inner filet, right? So you don't need the laxatives, you need the cooling agent. So those are two things I could just like, right now you need to cool things down, that would do it. But those also tonify because they're bitters. Mm -hmm. And everybody has mint in the garden. That's something you can literally walk out and daily grab a couple of the choicest leaves and just make sure that you're getting them throughout the day. Yeah, it grows in a pot if you don't have a backyard easy. Mm -hmm. And if neither one of those are working for you, it's also right in your grocery store. You just have to be willing to pick it up and take it home. It's not the most common one we pick up. 
I just added chocolate mint to my garden. So I'm I'm getting my chocolate craving handled in one regard. (laughs) That's a great one. So yeah, basically you need bitters and cooling, but you don't want to forget about hydrating and probiotic. So you need the mega spore and you need to stay on it for like three months. And to be honest, if you've had GERD for, you know, even two years, you might even want to think about just this six months. Mm because you're having to build a colony. You know, we don't build communities overnight. Right. You got to build a community slow and make sure everybody's got a job and knows where to live. And (laughs) And it's been so hot in there. It hasn't really been a comforting place for everything to live. It's going to be a lot like them trying to grow things on Mars. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not joking, you know, I mean, can they tend to that? land Mm -hmm. can they see well they found life so that was a game changer Mm -hmm. and so you know you find life in here (laughs) you start building a cooling cool calm collect community those megaspores and uh, that's the long-term healing of the tissue Mm -hmm. we can cool down that tissue Mm -hmm. we can tonify that tissue with bitters we can pull the heat out of that tissue but how are you going to build new healthy tissue, which really is what you're trying to do if you don't want surgery? Mm-hmm. Those first things will provide immediate relief, but what are you doing for the long game? And this didn't happen overnight, so it's not going to get fixed overnight. So you do have to be a little bit patient and a little bit committed sometimes yeah. when dealing with something so big. Yeah, but it absolutely. I mean, I got my dad off of living on Tums oh. and hiatal hernia medicine, and then it was making high blood pressure. I mean, he's 83 in July and is not on a single medication, which is amazing. Yeah, that really is. So he takes his aloe and, and does his piece and it's really shifted everything. So those are the things I think of. It's like, you got to cool it down and tonify it, but you got to build some healthy tissue. And so there is some picture of needing collagen here mm-hmm. or hyaluronic acid. I'm building a new ebook, kind of looking at like, what's the next one that's really accessible to people. And I feel like it's the, the trying of building blocks. Like there's a building block trying mm-hmm. collagen, hyaluronic acid, yeah. lecithin. Thinking about where do you get those, look those up online, get a list of where that is. Bone broth covers it all with no flesh to have to digest. Seaweed. Well, no, seaweed doesn't have any collagen, but it has collagen supporters, has support. So it's a good one, but seaweed would be a brilliant thing for you to be like sucking Mm. on it and slow dripping that down Mm. and making a nice little coating. Mm. Talked about slippery elm lozenges as being a real demulcent, something that's actually going to create that mucin lining where the probiotics have to live when it's been such a hot environment. You need more of those demulcents. So like a really nice marshmallow tea, licorice tea, thinking of all of those types of herbs that that have those qualities. That's right. Wow. Yay. Well, we just made a Check. whole protocol. <laughs> Give it time though. Simone yeah. has a good point. Yeah. I mean, sitting of my dad, he's every night with the ice cream before bed. And then he wants to go lay down and he goes, why do I, oh, I'm indigestion. It's like, oh man, (laughs) our papas. (laughs) Was there a particular seaweed that you had in mind? Kelp. And you can even think about a little kelp powder or just put in a little bit of water and just kind of, you know, sip it down a little bit, but kelp would probably be an easy to find. I love the taste of sea palm. If anybody's out near the coast and you can harvest your own, if you've ever eaten it fresh, it is one of the most miraculous and delicious tastes I've ever had. 
Yeah, which is wakame. And how about a goopty ball? Would you do anything in honey that would be like some other kind of powder? I think usually honey is a little bit astringent. Okay. It's a little bit, you know how you can eat too much honey and you almost get like a little harsh thing that happens in the throat. Uh-huh. Anybody ever experienced this? But it, it's astringent and pungent enough that I don't think it's really gonna Okay, help good. I'm glad for that clarification. That one. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you. Deanna Essentials products are organic, small batch, high quality self-care body products, as well as herbs and spices that deliver powerful food as medicine. Find them on DeannaEssentials.com today. So our next question uh, came over from Instagram from Moisture Wiccan. We've heard from Moisture Wiccan before. And they're wondering, how do I work on reducing my crazy histamine response to summer's bug bites and poison ivy? They say it feels like their whole body's on fire. Yikes. And it's only getting warmer as the temperatures rise. That's got to be really uncomfortable. So I give you a lot of consideration there. It's a good question. I think a lot of the things we just mentioned actually fit right in this category Mm -hmm. as far as like histamine is very dry and hot. And we just had an example of somebody who, even though they had GERD or are wondering about surgery or not, Ooh, I didn't answer the massage question. So I'll go back to it. I'll stay here now. There's a similarity just in dry and hot. And unfortunately it's getting drier and hotter. So we, we are all experiencing certain levels of that. So I feel like that's probably something to think of. We're still in the aloe, seaweed, all of those, but I'm going to give you a really brilliant, super easy histamine response calmer. And it is called lavender. Mm. Lavender is my most favorite antihistamine ever. Yay. I just drove by the lavender farm on the way here. (laughs) It's too cool. And I mean, it just is such a wonder. People are like, I can't believe it. I have them do 10 drops every morning, every night, right side of your rib cage, which is basically where your liver is. And that's where histamine response happens. And you should know that you're allergic to some it's protein. We're allergic to protein molecules. That's what makes an allergen. So yes, there's protein in the pollen or dander of the animal. And then there's food protein molecules that we can be allergic to, but it means your liver is not able to digest that protein and turn it into bile hormones, amino acids, and enzymes. Those are the four most important things that your protein intake provides you with as a breakdown of that protein to micronutrients and your liver does it. So your liver has a really hard time with being able to break down a certain type of protein and it starts responding. And that lavender is such a brilliant, just like chill the liver out and just allow it to continue doing its job and not release that histamine. So you don't have to have so much of a response. With children, I usually say half the dose, but it's really safe. Um, And it's even safe, like in pregnancy, I'll say, I don't really want you doing 10 drops twice a day, but I do think the more a plant has the job in when someone's pregnant, the more it's really not getting to the baby, it's getting to the job. Mm -hmm. Like I like to think of that. And so I usually put them at about six drops twice a day as a max Mm -hmm. or a child, you know, four to six drops. 
but I'll even get like a histamine response in skin conditions myself. I'll take 10 drops of that lavender when I start noticing I'm getting itchy, which is my early like, oh, I did something and I've got a rash coming on Mm -hmm. and it'll kick in. If I have a really strong response, like I can get hives. So if I can go to that pace, then I start thinking about blue yarrow, which is worth every penny, even at a hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Because it's one drop wonder. And so that means even a five mil, which is cheaper, it's worth it because you only need like one drop in the morning, one drop at night. You don't need to do both. I usually keep yarrow for like, whoa, I'm really flared. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sometimes I'll do them both if I'm in a flare for a couple of days, but I usually use the yarrow for a flare and the lavender for daily. Mm-hmm. And an essential oil again is transdermal. So it's going to go right into the bloodstream through the skin. So she's really talking about putting that lavender directly on the liver. That's below the rib cage here on the right-hand side of the body. Yeah. So that's my favorite thing. I mean, I love the bee pollen. That's where honey like reigns supreme Mm -hmm. for me, honey and bee pollen local is so good, but it's not for the histamine happening now. It's more like, Hey, let me get ahead of this. So the honey and the bee pollen would have been started in winter Mm -hmm. or at least January. And you'd be on it as part of your food source, put it into salad dressings and you know, find places to put it, but I haven't seen it to give a immediate relief mm-hmm. like the lavender or the blue yarrow. Mm-hmm. And I'm always reminded that when we're having a histamine response, the body is pretty much throwing like a wet blanket over a fire. So a lot of times mucus will come up and then you're dealing with what's happening in the sinus tract. And that's where I love to do the neti pot with Ayurved. We're really big on keeping those tracks open, cleansed, you're able to um, have the best immune response when you're not full of mucus. That's a great thing because that's the secondary symptom. You have your primary symptom of histamine and that's fire flushing out, telling you that you need some help. You know, Um, not being able to break down protein is actually a danger zone for your body, which is why the histamine talks so loud. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like, hey, you need to know this. But our secondary symptom would be all the congestion left over from that response. Your body made mucus. We have a fire engine. It screams. It's like, you need to know this. Siren. And then our body literally delivers water from that fire engine to the place that is an issue. And that's why we end up with mucus when we get sick. Our immune system makes it to actually put out our fire. But the problem is it doesn't change you breaking down a protein. So now you're just left with a bunch of mucus and then you have to use your neti pot and clear it out. Mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of eye treatments lately, the uh, Netra, where we actually put a doe dam around the eye and we massage, palpate the tear duct, really open that tract of any old mucoid plaque that's actually settled in there and dried. People would be really surprised how much gravel and everything is in the eyes. They're so dry. And lately, I don't know if you've noticed, a lot of clients, they use station tube in the side of the neck. I think a lot of the mask use, what my endocrinologist friend has talked about with me is that we're literally muzzled to where we're not opening our mouth as large. We're not talking and using the same amount of languaging. We're really, you know, everything's kind of withheld in this in this masked state. So what I've noticed is that people are really clogged in the use station and that the jaw is really held and tight. 
And so just doing a lot of body work lately to open that up and do a lot of flushing of the eyes. The whole nervous system is needing it. And, and that's back to adding lecithin. I think we talked about that a few minutes ago. That's something yeah. I just added to my repertoire again. I had kind of let go of it for a little bit. And I was just feeling that my nervous system needed that buffer. Being someone who's a little bit subtle to bright sounds and smells and activity and things going on, everything I can do to just give myself that little bit of buffer for the world, I'm able to be more centered. I'm able to be more present and less irritable. And so it's just such a win. I, I just take the sunflower lecithin in a capsule form. Yeah. I'm looking for it, you know, maybe sunflower butter instead of peanut butter, lots of sunflower seeds, making pesto with them. Yeah getting it in where I can. <laughs> yeah. And runny egg yolk, uh -huh. runny egg yolk is the other place you can probably get the most concentrated amount of lecithin. Well, then you got chickens in your backyard. No, we'll be having some eggs later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I would go with that. I wouldn't hit those allergies too hard. I would really try something for like a good 10 days and see if you can really see it shift things before you add something else. I do notice allergies are very irritated by too many things being done. Pick a few, just a few little things you want to try and stay with it. That'll bring on a flare if it's too complicated for the liver. I think the second part of the question, the person was asking about bug bites. Is there anything you would do topically? I mean, there's probably not a lot in prevention mode, but what, what essential oil or what would you make a paste? What would you do for an irritated bug bite? I mean, I would use that lavender. Uh -huh. I mean, just honestly, yeah. but I like frankincense more for bug bites okay. and wounds. I was asking. <laughs> and rashes. I like frankincense better. I don't think of lavender as my favorite first aid for abrasions and things. I think of Frankie. I do think that lavender would work. And then you got one bottle that does multiple things, mm -hmm. but you just tap it right on there and it takes the itch out. I just don't think we consider like we're all, oh, the itch, you know, but we don't really consider like, oh, I should tap a little essential oil on there and mm -hmm. get the itch out, which means you're calming down the histamine response. And then there was another part of that question, which was about poison oak or poison ivy. And I got my first bout really bad last year. I came home. I put the manzanita magic on it, which they have at Rosemary Garden. Rocks. I put that on there. But what I've been doing, and it worked brilliantly like it stopped in in its tracks i did poison ivy homeopathic so now i'm on homeopathic poison ivy 10 drops twice a day in my water so that's what i'm doing for that it's funny how sometimes we'll have things in our cupboard that we've bought in previous situations and you've just kind of out of sight out of mind i mean i don't know how many sunscreens i've got when i pull up in the drawer and i'm actually just going through a lot of my things getting ready for a move and Wow. I, I just get excited when I find there's actually something on the shelf that I could have used. It might not be the exact thing that we recommend, but if you really go use your intuition, do a little research, you very well might have something on hand that's going to help whatever situation you're dealing with. Yeah. I feel like so much of what we do is reminders for people. Absolutely. You know, I'm not always educating you and telling you the most brilliant new age news. I'm just reminding you of some really core facts and that's what I love about Ayurveda. This work has been out for thousands of years and that's just the proof enough. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I also think of like, how do you keep it creative? Like I purposefully put lamb's ear, lamb's quarter in mm. my hair today because so I didn't want to forget to talk about it. Oh. 
And it's always every garden I ever have. It's like, there's always all this lamb's quarter and it's so cute because they're like the fuzzy little leaves and they make the cute little lavender stem tops and they grow so high up into the sun. And so I love them and they're fully edible. They're very nourishing. I mean, so cooling Mm. and nourishing. I'm always looking for cooling, nourishing, you know, that's your medicine. We need it, you know? (laughs) And I'm just like, oh, but I just don't love these little fluffy, hairy leaves in my salad. And then they're sensitive to heat. So every time Uh I make a tea, it feels like I I destroyed it. Uh huh. So I was doing one of the edible Ayurveda live cooking demos and I stepped outside and I was like, who can I call forward to cook? or make something today. Uh-huh. And the, I kept seeing the lamb's quarter. And so I looked over and I'll make this quick because I'm sure there's questions, but I looked over and I thought, wait a minute, what if I actually soaked that soft little leaf in oil? Uh-huh. And what if I then emulsified it and blended it mm. and would it become creamy? Wow. Cause the leaves look kind of soft Thick. and creamy. Yeah. And oh my gosh, mm. it is my favorite emulsifier. I'm like totally crazy for this stuff now. It worked and I did it live. I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to put lamb's quarter <laughs> in my oil. Why do you use your intuition and be creative? And I'm telling you, it makes the most creamy, thick, beautiful, nourishing salad dressing. Yeah. I bring a little honey. I put a little mustard powder because you don't have to use mustard. Mm-hmm. You can use mustard powder and okay. you can have mustard flavor. Without all the sugar and preservatives. Without all the stuff. Love that. And I've been making this honey mustard lamb's quarter oh, dressing that is so incredibly good and so easy. That's so brilliant. that is my little recipe. It grows today. everywhere. <laughs> you you got to stay creative, you know? Yeah, you got the nice. plantain and the dandelions out mm-hmm. in your yard that everybody thinks is weeds. Mm-hmm. And those are amazing in a pesto. Oh, gosh. Amazing in a pesto with some basil or cilantro. Mm-hmm. And then you're getting all this medicine fresh. And immediate skincare. I mean, throw a little chewed up plantain right on your bug bite or any sort of skin issue or a cut outside. And if that's all you've got working outdoors, you're set. Yeah. Okay, Andrea, what's the next one? Great. Well, did you want to pop back to discuss gut massage? So that is a tricky question. Maybe that's why I avoided it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a tricky question only because it depends on how weak your tissue is. So if you have GERD that is like Mm. eaten, like perforated your intestines, and they're actually wanting to go in because your tissue has been destroyed, you still could rebuild it, but that's going to take a long time. Mm-hmm. And you do have bacteria getting into your body. So, you know, it's like, you don't want to take too much time, but if the tissue is too weak, you don't really want to be doing a lot of massage or gua sha. You can do some rubbing and you get some shea butter on there and you can tonify it and you can love it up, but it might be better to do more like castor oil compresses. You know, like make a caster pack mm. and hot water bottle or a warm rock on there. Mm-hmm. And you might need more calming and treating that tissue with care. If you don't have weak tissue like that and you've more built scar tissue, because some people, when they have that much inflammation, their body just keeps making scar tissue. Mm-hmm. So if you're all bound up in there and there's like a bunch of rubber bands and a bunch of adhesions, or if you feel like your stomach, this is a 
lot to say on the camera, but if, if your stomach is kind of matted and is kind of hardened up against your diaphragm, which happens a lot, like oh, if you yeah. can't get under your diaphragm, there's some matting, Yeah, you want to break that up. You know, like that needs a gua sha. It still needs caster pack, soften it up, mm -hmm. but it needs some gua sha. It needs some rubbing, some massaging, and you'd want to get up under that rib cage from the center. And you'd want to just really scoop your fingers in there and slide out to the floating rib and just keep opening both those sides. And then go in there with the gua sha both directions. And you want to make more breathing room because scar tissue does bound you up. That was exactly what I was going to say. Anyone that I work on that has matting under the rib cage doesn't usually get a complete deep breath. Like they literally have that obstruction and inability to open because it's extremely tight. And so going in there with a warm stone, that's another thing that you've taught me. So you can heat up a warm rock, the darker, the better, they'll hold the heat longer. I'll put it in a warm boiling water or in the microwave even for 30 seconds, maybe for a minute. And then the roundedness of that warm stone is able to get into those crevices and I'll use it in the armpits and just it's so, so relaxing to have heat when you're trying to get into something that's tough. It's going to help soften it. So. Yeah. And sometimes the edge of a rock is just, it, it is, it's a little calmer than a, the edge of a gua sha. Or pointy fingers. You know, so you can kind of dig a little bit more and the heat helps melt everything as you go. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just working on getting that deep breath. I, I love what I call twofers for clients, having them do two things at once to really get the most <laughs> out of your time. And so if you, if you lay with your back flat on the ground and your legs up the wall, which is a really nice relaxing pose, and then putting a, a heavier object on the stomach to kind of bring the awareness to the breathing. So whether it's a, a sound bowl, a really pretty crystal, a heavy book, I mean, a rock, pick what you've got, your kitten, and then just kind of watching, is your stomach really softening on the inhale? We want that to blow up big like a balloon. And I think a lot of the practices that we've done, whether it's, you know, pull in your mulabanda and get your core tight and suck in your gut from the messaging from a lot of different angles, we really have kind of learned to hold tension in the stomach rather than letting it just be really loose and relaxed and mm -hmm. soft. So a lot of times when I find I'm under stress, I'm holding my breath and it's especially in that upper area and in the stomach. And I just have to sometimes literally put something heavy on there to bring my awareness to it. Spend five minutes and that anti-gravity with the legs up the wall at the end of a day, that can just be so peaceful, so relaxing. And then if you were to open the legs in a V shape, that's relaxing the psoas muscle, which is engaged constantly. And we really don't ever get a chance to let that muscle relax. So that's one of the few ways too, when I'll get people to like soften the belly, open the legs, and relax. It opens the core, relax which is where the, the psoas, psoas lives. <laughs> yeah. That muscle of control, just try to give it up for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and think about it. If you suck in your gut right now, it goes right up into your diaphragm mm -hmm. and you have an upward push. So a lot of times uh, when people have digestive issues, they're like, I've tried every food. I've tried every remedy. Like, what could this be? They don't have any dental cavities. They don't have anything. And then I'll kind of look and I'll see that they're breathing like this, but they're not breathing in their abdomen. So I know they're in a hold. And if you're holding, all your energy goes up. It's called Udana Vayu, upward air. And it pushes everything up and it's actually an irritant for the body or it'll even make ringing in the ears with somebody with GERD 
or they'll start noticing they have dry receding gums from holding tension with their GERD. And all of those things are related to that holding. So Simone brings in a really whole, really important layer of, you know, like what might be going on with the tissue and needing body work in that space versus what are you putting in? That's important to remember and useful for everyone. Submit your questions on our website, dianaessentials.com. Look for the form at the bottom of the front page. Simone, what's been I coming have, up for you? I have one. Dr. Mike. Well, what I was thinking, um, it kind of was sparked by our conversation a little bit ago about honey and how she said it can be super helpful with allergies, but it takes a little bit of time to build up. And that's something that you'd be doing in the winter time. And then it made me think about, you know, well, then you go into the spring and you're hoping to do maybe a spring cleanse. One thing that teacher taught me years ago was the idea that in Egypt, they do full modamus. And so their spring cleanse is for usually the head of the household to make big pots of fava bean with tons and tons and tons of garlic. And they eat that almost as a mono diet. And every day the mom goes over and lifts up the child's armpit and smells in there to see if there's any, (laughs) (laughs) to see if the smell of garlic is still coming out strongly because garlic is going to be pushing out those toxins. Mm -hmm. So I myself have always done a spring cleanse and confession this year, I did not get to it. And I think I'm, I'm really missing it because now teacher, I have a rash under my armpit. Oh, yeah. So I know that's one of the primary areas that our body is excreting. We're looking for all the ways Mm -hmm. to push toxins out. That's why we really encourage clients drink plenty of water after body work. Make sure you're actually using the bathroom. Lots of toxins dump into the digestive tract. If you're stopped up and constipated, all that stuff's going to be reabsorbed and recirculated when we're really trying to push it out and lots of sweating. And my sauna has been broken. I've been waiting on a part for it. So I think just a few of my normal routine things didn't happen this year. And I'm kind of looking at, you know, how I can address a skin condition that I've never had before. Okay. So I have three different ideas for this skin condition. And I think this is going to be an interesting topic. So the first thing I think of is you might've answered your own question, Uh which was you need to do full madamas. You might've just literally like outed yourself in like what you need. Order a bulk bag of fava. (laughs) And really you're just pressure cooking fava beans, fresh fava beans. You can do it with canned, but fresh really makes a difference with the most garlic you can possibly handle, which is like an entire, you do like four cups of fava, you're going to do a whole clove of garlic, you know, an entire bulb of garlic. Mm -hmm. And you're going to do like maybe six lemons and you're just going to pressure cook that down. And you're going to make this really tart, lemony garlic fava bean paste. It's good to keep the fava beans a little more whole, but often they soften up enough to where they go to a paste. And then you just put a layer of greens on top, cooked greens or arugula fresh, and then a whole layer, like a little fourth of an inch layer of olive oil, Mm. green, good green, bitter olive oil. Mm. And that is a liver gallbladder cleanse. Mm. So you may have really done that. And the one thing Simone didn't say is you smell the armpits of garlic until that smell goes away. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, every day, like the first time I did it, I think I was like 14 days or something. And I was like, 
dang, you know, <laughs> but it's like, get out. but I learned this pretty young and, you know, I had things to move out of my system. Usually now I'm about five days okay. and that's all you eat. It's mono diet. That's a great, really reliable liver gallbladder cleanse. So that may be it, but there's two other options here for Simone. First off, armpits are moist and fungus loves moist areas. Mm -hmm. There could be a chance it's fungal and fungus is among us, meaning it's contagious. Uh So a partner that has maybe tinea or maybe you were in somebody's hot tub or you shared a bathroom you're not normally in. Unfortunately, you know, fungus grows in moist areas and Mm -hmm. it attaches to the skin. Mm -hmm. So it could be that. Then there's a third option, which is what I actually think it is. What's that? I think she might be having essential oil. Overload? Overload. Oh, wait. I think she's having essential oil toxicity. The most common place it shows up. Wow. Is in my armpits. I've been using a lot of oils with clients. I know she's been all about her essential oils right now. I'm anointing everyone. She's like crazy anointing. I love the medicine. It's so strong. And then she also uses them in her massage oil. And, you know, then there's all the creams. It adds up. And I think it's a really important thing for us to talk about because if you're not getting headaches, you can't explain, or if you're starting to grind and clench your teeth in a way you haven't, that's another one. That was happening about a month ago. Okay. And then rash is when it starts trying to push itself out and it often goes through the sweat glands. Hmm. So someone will get a rash in their groin or up on their neck or in their armpits is the most common place see it. And so let me look at it one more time and let's see if it is maybe fungal. No, it's, it's hiving. Fungus is going to be like a whole huge coating. Hers is more in little blotchies and those are little hives in her armpit. I think she has essential oil toxicity. I've had it many times in my life. Wow. Okay. Obviously I see it like how many times, how many hundreds literally of times do you think I've seen this with people? And I've had to say, "Eh, it's not just, you know, a perfume and you can douse yourself or put as much as you want in the tub. Yeah. In fact, they're even more aggressive with heat. Mm. So when you put them in your bath, you don't need more than six drops. And if you ever put the wrong one in your bath, you know, it burns like major, all kinds of places. Oh yeah. Oils are extremely powerful medicine. I mean, when you gave me the image of the time that you went to India where I got to go on the trip with you. And she said they went to visit the place where they make essential oils out of roses and they had mountains. I mean, literal tarps laid out with mountains of rose petals and how many that you need to make one drop of oil. It's a lot of plant material. So I think we can, I can certainly overuse essential oils really easily being so passionate about the blends that I find and helping other people and wanting to use it in a ceremonial way. And I'm going to just have to be more mindful. The sacred drop. And I've had to learn. I can't like put it on me and then put it on them Uh or put it on their body and then rub my hands across it. So I have to learn, like, I can have a certain amount in my essential oil. But even if I just saw 10 people in a week and was going to put massage on, you know, oil on them, I better keep it to 10 drops of essential oil in that oil is a max, Mm -hmm. which means if I want them to smell more than that, I'm going to need to make sure like, okay, I did their whole side. Now I'm going to anoint their spine. And that only needs a drop or two, really. Mm -hmm. And then I roll them over. 
kind of do it that way. And then maybe I'm going to start at the feet. So I put the couple drops up at their chest or, you know what I mean? Or on their neck. And then I let it absorb into their body. And then by the time I get there, there's nothing there going into mine. So Simone made the point earlier, they're transdermal. Mm -hmm. So when you are putting your hands in essential oils, you're not just putting them on your client. They're going into your body too. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind. This is a really common thing, but that is more hives because of its, yeah, you know, structure. I want to talk, say two things. One, I think you've told us before about if you feel like you've overdosed on essential oils, you can absorb it with fats. So drinking a big glass of milk would be like a quick and easy yogurt. way. Yogurt, right. Potentially just finding that, that the, the fats can kind of bind to some of that and, and calm your system. And the tinea, that's something that I've had before in the past. It's what is often called howly rot. It's where when you get sun, it shows an absence of sun. So they'll call it sunspots at times. So it's sort of a white area rather than the sun being able to make your skin tan because you've got the fungus there, the sun is not penetrating and it leaves a lack of a tan. And that's how you often know. And that'll be from like moist towels. I know in the tropics, I think is where I got it when I was in the Caribbean in the towels aren't drying out all the way you're in the beach damp constantly linens. damp linens it's really contagious so if your partner or somebody else you Rolling know around together you're gonna get it fungus it's so common i can't tell you i see it on a lot of clients in their groin area for folks that carry a lot of moisture down there yeah. And it's the same thing as athlete's foot, which is the same thing as what we think of as jock itch. Uh -huh. So jock itch, athlete's foot, tinea, these are all fungal. You know, they're all the same thing. They different names for different areas, but then that doesn't make us be able to make common sense of the situation mm -hmm. that like they're all fungal, mm -hmm. you know, living in moist areas. And that one can be hard to kick, you know, once it kind of digs in, it's not the easiest. I've done grapefruit seed extract. I was just going to go there. Yeah. That one's really potent. And you've had me dilute it and put it in water and spray it on. And there are times when I just put it directly. Just put it right on there. <laughs> like if she wanted to know if that was fungal or not, the quickest way to see would be if she did put GSE on there for like four or five days, if it started going away, from GSE, probably it is a fungal. If it didn't go away or affect it, then she's probably gonna know it wasn't fungal because GSE is not gonna just take away a rash. It might even irritate a rash if it's not fungal. Not major, but it's not gonna like take it away. Mm -hmm. So then you would know. But GSE really is my go-to for tinea. And maybe I'll just say there is about a hundred different types of tinea. Oh, wow. So you should look them up online. They're easy to find. Uh -huh. So there is the one that changes pigment color and it's white, but there's also one that is, is brown and makes super blotchy discoloration, but you see a lot of the brown. In fact, it's more common than the one that is pigment white. And then there's also a couple that are red and show up more like this, but they're more rare. So the redness in there kind of makes me be like, is that fungal or not? But yeah, so you, it's red, brown, or white. And brown is the most common. You know, somebody who's like, what's all this discoloration on my back? It's like, hands down. As soon as somebody says, will you look at the discoloration on my back or on my torso? The most common place people get it. I think last year I got it. I was wearing a lot of sports bras and I was working on a friend's permaculture farm and just being in the soil and maybe not showering as much and being a lot sweatier than I normally am and out of my environment. You know, it's important to keep our pH balance. So let's ask someone mm -hmm. a question for good diagnostic. Where was that tinea last year? On my back. 
Was it on that side of your back? No, no it's just kind of spread across. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's within the region of where she has this new rash. Mm-hmm. So that kind of makes me still have a, a little bit of a hmm, concern, you know? Yeah. But I think, you know, change your essential oil use and try the GSE. And I think you'll figure out which one it is. Yeah. Oh, I'm, that's really important. And I if think. she hasn't been sweating as much, she is going to get a bigger buildup uh-huh. of essential oils. Uh-huh. So that's one of the reasons I love a good steam room or a sauna or even sweating in my garden because I know I'm releasing all those oils that I put on bodies. And that means I got a percentage of them too. You know, that's a really good point. I had surgery in February and I was a little more sedentary than I usually am. And so I think all of these things are adding up, not doing the spring cleanse, not being as physically active Mm -hmm. and sweating as much, my sauna being broken. It's just a few little things have added up and that's how important self-care is. And that's why we've really got to keep at it. It's not oh, I'm going to attack it and then ditch it. You know, you want to have some sort of habits that come in. And one thing that teacher taught me years ago that I just took to heart and I tell every single client and it just makes it so much more um, like manageable to think, set aside two hours, one day a week as your self-care time. And if that looks like a Monday morning or a Saturday afternoon, it's your two hours And what I love that you said is that you put on a pot of soup or you put on some tea. So you have a little meal at the end of it. And as you spend that two hours doing what you actually need to get done that week for your highest good. So you walk to the medicine cabinet and I love that. I can just see you there kind of looking on Monday morning, like, okay, do I need a neti pot today? Am I feeling stuffed? Do I, do I want to do a face steam first. I've got all these fresh herbs and flowers popping off and I want to treat myself in that way to this beautiful facial steam. I mean, it is the medicine that's coming in, but it's the practice and the ritual and the intention that goes into our self-care time that I feel like really is as much of the healing as the other piece. Just the fact that I've gifted myself this two hours, even if I took a nap, I'm going to feel great about doing what my body needed in that moment for that week. So you know, is it doing a Yoni steam? I actually brought the second question that comes in. We'll get this giveaway. I made <laughs> I with, with my girlfriend this week, three different Yoni steam blends. So we have a Lotus love, a bee balance. That's for the microbiome. Mm. It's got Usnea in it. It's got bay leaf. It has Oh boy, I've got a whole list of ingredients here oh, for these all are of these. Great. Calendula, rose, mullein, usnea, oat straw, mugwort, bay leaf. So there's three giveaways here. They'll all be in one package for the second question that comes in. So if anybody has a question that they want answered about their own health, go ahead and shoot it over now and send me a little message and um, with your address and I'll go ahead and send you these three Yoni steam blends. Cause that's Great. what I've been geeking out on lately. I've had a lot of clients that are a little older that are approaching menopause and starting to get some dry symptoms in that area. So that's kind of actually what spurred this was the need that a lot of different clients have come to me asking, begging, what do you do to moisten that area later in life when it just naturally is drying out? I've tried all the creams, I've tried all the things. And so I thought of a specific steam blend that's gonna bring moisturizing content up 
into the Yoni space. So yeah, I found a great guy in Petaluma that's making these really sturdy steam stools. And so that prompted me to make these beautiful blends and I'm just super excited to share them. You know, the need is there and, and the medicine is here. Blended it up to offer it out. Special thanks for the music and talents of Gents Jarvie. You can hear him on Spotify or on his website, J-E-N-S-J-A-R-V-I-E and theheartwideopen.com. We are coming to the end of our hour and we do have a question. So because it's so close, I think Amy should get our giveaway. So Amy would like to know what someone can do to heal from the fear of being seen and healing from zero to low self-confidence. That's such a precious question, Amy. I really just want to honor and respect you for being so vulnerable. I, I really take that to heart and, and I see you and, and taking the little step just to put that out there is showing how much self-respect you actually do have for yourself. And I just want to acknowledge that first. And it's a journey and a battle uphill sometimes to continue to hold yourself in high regard, find the strength to persevere and to keep showing up. And I've been in a lot of sister circles. I've had to do a lot of healing to really be in a place to come forward. And I will give this person a lot of credit for that too, Mm -hmm. to find a mentor and someone that really believes in you when you're not totally sure what the heck you're doing or who you are or where you're thinking that you need to be or what you're providing and finding this healing work has allowed me to find myself and my teacher really held the space for me to get there finding allies might be a really helpful thing for you that's really great advice and yeah that validation I'm just proud of you right now for being willing to come forward when the question was about having a hard time coming forward and with that I'm going to give you a shout out to a whole bunch of plants that could be great allies. Basil, ginger, cinnamon, cardamom, chiles, garlic, and leeks. So where I'm going with this is we can, everything that's being given as advice is always great when you have an emotional, you know, situation going on. But what I have found with myself and with others is you have to get fear is cold. You're going to have to warm up your body Mm. to warm up to the world. So for you to think you're just going to like, I'm going to just crack open and put myself out there. You know, it's like heart wrenching. I mean, it's almost painful. Cold Mm -hmm. hurts Mm -hmm. that they can't just do it and let themselves be seen. So sometimes you got to get really warm inside your body mm-hmm. and in your blood mm-hmm. where you almost just can't contain yourself and you start looking at the world and presenting yourself and presenting your voice in a different way. So if you want to radiate more, <laughs> we need fire behind it. Uh-huh. So we can talk into the ground or you could go more physical and then you could know that you have a goal that like, if you get more fire moving in your body, you're wanting to show up more and let yourself be seen. So again, basil, ginger, cinnamon, cardamom, leeks, garlic, arugula, you might be protein deficient and that's gonna make me wanna give you meat. But if you're protein deficient, you might be the person who's running too cold and I just want you to rev in your blood 
And this might be gross to some people, but that's when our Ayurved uses blood, mm -hmm. which is meat. Mm -hmm. You use blood to build blood mm -hmm. and you don't have to use it all the time and you can use it locally and you can be smart, but that is what would build your blood and satiate that. Yeah, I want to help you get to a physical place where you can't contain yourself and it just, your fear kind of melts away. And then I'm going to give you one more thing that my dad gave me when I was young and I was having all kinds of weight issues and a boy told me I was fat. And I told him I liked him and he said I was fat and I was just like, Devastated. I was devastated. Oh, it was awful. And I was crying in my room and I didn't want to tell him, but you know, I can totally talk to my dad about anything. I'm very lucky that way. Mm. And he finally was like, no, you know, tell me. And I told him, he, he sat and listened and listened and listened. And he said, hey, I have some really good advice for you. And I was like, what? I mean, seriously, I was very young too. And he goes, take it or leave it. And I was like, what? And he's like, take it or leave it. You need a take it or leave it attitude. People either see you and love you and want to know you or they don't. And you do not need to be bothering with anyone who doesn't want to see you or be around you. You don't need to bother with any of those people. You focus on the people who want to be with you, want to be around you. That's all you need to do. Take it or leave it. He said, that'll work with boys. That'll work with friends. That'll work in the workplace. You just don't worry too much about the people who you're not connected to. And you give everything you got to the people you are connected to. It's a take it or leave it situation. And I have lived by that as far as like being seen, having a lot of self-worth issues more than people realize because I'm so out there, but it is like really hard. I have been like hiding this whole time. Not really in a group, you know, because I love groups and I'm social. So I can get into a classroom and be like, oh, it's just them. So I'm safe. So I'm going to be out there and do it. They already chose me so I can do it. But this is different. You know, there's like millions of people out there who could take it or leave it. When I got started, I remember just now um, you gave me strong woman syrup. There's a local gal that makes yes. a product by Taproot Tap Medicine. Root. That strong woman syrup was important. You also gave me St. John's wort, mm -hmm. which I'll put a caveat is not always great if you're going to be going in the sun to look mm -hmm. into that a little bit. Just thinking how much it helps you come forward. And I know that we've talked with clients that are having trouble really getting motivated that like something as simple as stepping out your front door, grabbing a sprig of rosemary and just lightly kind of mm -hmm. letting that go onto yourself. Just a little bit of what we call Olympia or a cleaning in Spanish energetically and the essential oils that are on that, those volatile gases will just come up and stimulate you and get things going a little bit. That's a cheap, easy, simple way to just kind of like wake up, get ready. You know, people will often do tapping and different exercises to just kind of stimulate the heart, stimulate the chest open. And do your salt yeah. scrubs because yeah. you got to touch your body. Right. And a salt scrub is in the privacy of your bathroom. No one's looking but you and you don't have to do it in the mirror. But you do have to be willing to touch yourself with love mm -hmm. if you want to be seen or if you want to be loved. Very important that you are touching yourself uh -huh. and giving yourself love. That's so true. It is so precious mm -hmm. to be able to build your own private self-worth mm -hmm. and build your own blood mm -hmm. inside and then see how you show up in the world. It's a very different experience. And that can be just tackled a little bit at a time. You don't need to get in the shower and try to do the whole body. You'll be in there an hour, but I love that you'll say, just do the arms one day, just do the legs one day. 
incorporate that as part of your two hour self-care during the week where you're doing a little bit of gua sha or a little bit of salt scrub, but it doesn't need to be an invigorating two hour workout. You want to embrace this stuff. You want to enjoy this stuff. Don't do anything that you're not drawn to. Right. And then putting in maybe the medicine that really will open and activate. I mean, I've been overdoing the essential oils apparently, but I use them a lot just to kind of like refresh my spirit and bring something forward. Scent is really key for me. Grapefruit, such an opener. It's so comfortable. It smells so good. It just makes you feel like, oh, I can totally go out there. It disperses all Mm -hmm. that closed in fear. Just a little bit, 10 drops in a whole quart of salt and oil really and you can use the refined sea salt that's 80 cents a pound which you should not be eating it is not an electrolyte but you can scrub with it all day long very cheaply there's so many affordable remedies if you have more questions give them to us we'll answer them again in two weeks i know we're supposed to wrap up here in a minute simone where do people find you oh people can find me i'm simone heels at gmail also on instagram simone heels i have a website simoneoliverwellness.com or empowered ayurveda that is me someone empowered me i'm happy to pass it on and empower you so just come be part of the chain because there's so much goodness here to share and to be learned and we're all ears open to learn from you too (laughs) the last thing i will say that came to mind complete proteins are millet and amaranth and quinoa and you've told me before to cook Mm -hmm. them with the bone broth so you're actually instead of using water you're using your bone broth and getting it with the grain and that can be such a good building block for the morning breakfast yeah i had my millet this morning with some sauteed greens and a little poached egg so i got my lecithin in the broth Mm. the runny egg yolk and Mm. i'm feeling all kinds of fine It's such a treat to see you, Simone. I'm so glad you were able to join in. Thank you, dear heart. I know I've been been out in Sonoma holding it down, running my little spa space out of there. And it's just so exciting to dive deeper. And I'm doing a lot of specific nutritional offerings. I've teamed up with somebody who's a former student, Tara, and she's doing Ayurvedic cooking and kind of helping people figure out the eating piece of it. And she's amazing too. Yeah, she really is. Mm -hmm. I mean, the classical texts and the Sanskrit, and she knows more than I know because she is just geeking out and diving in for years. And it's just really powerful what she brings to me. Well, it's been a lovely morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you didn't get a chance to put in a question live, please make sure to submit your questions on our website, or you can email us at info at dianacenter.com and make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you like what you saw, subscribe to us here at YouTube and hit the notifications bell so that you know when we will be live again in two Thursdays. All right. Well, thanks it's so much. It's so exciting to be able to offer this. Thank Yay. you. Appreciate you tuning in. Thank you, teacher, for having me. I love spending time with you. I feel so blessed. Thank you, Andrea, always for keeping everything flowing and moving smooth and just showing up for so many, so many people. Thank you. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Take Thank care. Thank you all. Have a great day. This is My Body, a conversation situated at the intersection of elemental science, self-care, ancient arts, and consent. Deanna Batdorf is your guide.